Hello and welcome to It'll Be Alright in the 90s, the favourite podcast of both Bodger, Badger, Badgerline Buses and Badger Girl. I'm Alex Greenwood and here with me is my usual co-host, Stu Jocelyn. Stu, did we overlook the Badger as the most 90s animal? We may have done, we may have done, although I've got more issue with the fact that you keep referring to me as your usual co-host in these introductions. <laughs> is, is, is there something in the works here? Are you speaking <laughs> to Jeff behind my back? Um... Well, I won't say anything. His brother of the pod, Adam, circling around like a vulture overhead, (laughs) you know, waiting for me to do something which means I need to be removed. (laughs) Well, it's always on the cards, isn't it? There's always that possibility. (laughs) Official Uh, vulture of the pod, Adam. (laughs) I'm fine, thanks, mate. It's lovely to be with you and uh, lovely to be back with our listeners as well. Hi, guys. Thanks, uh, Thanks for tuning in again. We will be talking about some UK adverts from the 90s shortly after we get through some of our usual regular features. Don't take this the wrong way, Stu, but uh, you look like you could do with a holiday, which is perfect for today's sponsor, because today we are sponsored by Lun Poly. So if you go to your local branch of Lun Poly Travel Agents and quote the code ALLRIGHT90s, you can get 10% off a flight to Torremolinos, Benidorm or Calabona this spring. So enjoy some sun, sand and knockoff football shirts courtesy of It'll Be Alright in the 90s and Lun Poly today's sponsor thanks Lumpoly. i remember their their big ad campaign in the mid-90s was get away when uh, <laughs> and, and then and then the thing that was saying what was good about Lumpoly would then disappear i clearly remember there being an advert with two like uh, columns that were holding up like a stonehenge thing like with a, a stone going across the two and the two columns were speaking to each other and then oh yeah you can you can get this offer with Lumpoly. get away and then it would disappear and then the stone fell down very, very good. Very memorable, clearly. Yes, at Lund Poly, we discount every holiday we sell with only £20 to pay now. Get away. Get away for less with Lund Poly. This is it again, though. So first of all, you say I'm your usual co-host. Then you say I need a holiday. <laughs> I, something is up here. Something is happening. I, I, I really don't know how I should be taking this. I don't want to wake up with like a, <laughs> wake up with a horse's head in the bed on the, on the, tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. No, don't worry. Don't worry. It's all in your head, mate. It's all in your head. <laughs> all in um, the horse's head. <laughs> uh, one tiny little bit of um, news. It's not really news. That would be over-egging it to say it was news. But I did stumble across this in uh, an old Guardian article. I don't know why, why I saw this. Um, but it's about shag bands. Do you remember shag bands? Yes, from certainly our, do. What's the most 90s fashion accessory? It was your choice, I believe. Indeed, um, yes. What have you got? Well, you didn't. I think you said that in your school it was... If you pulled someone's shag band off, that meant you were going to go out with them or sleep with them or something like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, that was the that was the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. According to the Guardian, it said uh, in some schools they apparently symbolise sexual experience. So one website suggests a yellow band if you've kissed someone, black if you've gone all the way. Uh, whereas in others, the meanings are similar, but they denote favours you would be willing to perform. So this suggests that shag bands have different meanings in different regions of the country. Well, I'm shocked and appalled. <laughs> that certainly didn't filter down to a caution primary let me tell you no um, no this is this is news to me so it's like the old uh traffic light dating different colors mean different things yeah i mean that must make you feel differently about the yellow shag band you're wearing now that I <laughs> you're gonna have to switch that, aren't you? talk about something else talk about something else <laughs> what color move is on, it for married <laughs> <laughs> Right, shall we get on with some correspondence, Stu? Um, yes, absolutely. We've got a fairly large post bag here, um, which 
I'm going to dig into now. Actually, do you want to go first? What have you got over there? Yeah, certainly can. I've got something from uh, regular correspondent Alex Mitchell, who was uh, writing in about our Knowles House Party uh, stroke Mr. Blobby chat, uh, which happened at the start of our uh, 1997 chart episode, a couple of episodes back. Uh, he says, was there a feature on Knowles House Party where they got a goalkeeper to try and save penalties taken by a robot? I have a memory of, I think, Mark Crossley saving every shot. Was it called Sofa Soccer? Well, I can answer that, Alex. Um, yes, it was called Sofa Soccer. I remember it very clearly myself. My memory is of um, the Spurs reserve goalkeeper of the time, Espen Bardson, taking part. Um, and it was like, do you have any memory of a TV programme called The Golden Shot? I think it was... I think it was off the off the air before we would have started watching TV, really, or, or, or known what it was. But it was um, so somebody would phone in or there'd be somebody in the studio and they would be able to control uh, something that would shoot at a target. So they would say up, left, right and then shoot. Yeah. yeah. So then as I remember it, um, the goalkeeper was in the goal and then there was like a, a, a sort of cannon that would shoot footballs, but it would be moving around and then the caller would say shoot and then the ball would be released and if they got past the goalkeeper, then they would win a prize or something like that. And it was a feature in one of the last series of, of Noel's House Party. I think it ran throughout the, the entire last series. Um, so yet another reason to watch um, the whole run of, of that series, which is all available on YouTube. I think some deeper uh, investigation is required here. But yeah, so for soccer, um, very, very well remembered uh, Shay Joslin. So thanks for that, Alex. So I have something here from Legend of the Pod, Kate Pro. This is in relation to an episode a couple of weeks back where we talked about scare stories, public scare stories. Mm -hmm. And she says, it's like torturing a puppy. How could Damon Lord do such a thing to our stew? <laughs> um, which is obviously in relation to uh, ne'er-do-well yes. Damon Lord, who once held a, a sharpened pencil on your seat. Indeed. As you're about to sit down. Damon Lord operating very much outside the law uh, on, that, <laughs> on that occasion, as, as he often did in year four, I have to say. Yeah, um, is that don't what know where he is you... now. I can't remember him being in year five or six. Um, so, I mean, Damon, if you are listening, um, get in touch and, and apologise <laughs> by all means. Yeah, yeah, it's about time. Uh, and <laughs> thank she... you so much for your um, compassion, there, Kate. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Kate also says, bring back the scaremongering of lead and ink poisoning. I think it must have been a tactic to keep kids clean. Uh, Child of the pod is always coming home covered in pen, skin, clothes. It's all over the place. So she'd like to reinstate that fear please. Well, we can do our best. I mean, we're not going to get behind um, reinstating a fear about rotary washing lines, but we can we can change tack, definitely. We can do we can do them both, I think, at the same time. We can do both. We've got capacity for that. Uh, yeah, good point. We might have to do one first and see how we get on. Yeah, yeah. yeah Let's I start with so. the rotary washing lines and then see if we can get ink and lead poisoning back on the agenda. Yeah, let's not run before we can walk, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, what else have you got over there? Sorry, I, I just interrupted you having a sip of your can of skull there. Skull lager. Yeah, we've uh, in, in, uh, encouraged by your Caffrey's the other week. Uh, I've, I've gone for skull tonight. Very much an 80s lager, um, I mm. would say, but, uh, but but most welcome here. I've just been joined by Cat of the Pod as well uh, for the correspondence section. So, uh, hello, Algie. There he is. <laughs> Has he got any correspondence? <laughs> any correspondence, Al? No, he's looking behind the uh, furniture in the room at the moment. There's uh, something that's interesting him down there. I'll, you know, if he's got anything, I'll ask him to email it in. It's fine. Yeah. Yes, I have some correspondence here regarding our American football episode, our last episode, which came out. And this is from uh, a chap called Nigel Baker, who was 
the team captain of the Bath Gladiators. We've gone straight to the top. Nice. Um, so th this came about because uh, uh, my dad mentioned the Bath Gladiators website, which he'd had a look at to, to research the games at Corsham School. Um, I had a look at the names of all the uh, players on there. They've got like a season by season breakdown of appearances. And I noticed a name there, which I, I thought might be my friend James Baker's dad. And uh, happily it turned out it was. I got in touch with James. James put me in touch with Nigel. Um, and Nigel has um, really kindly um, provided us with the following memories. Uh, he says, there was one scrimmage and three games played by the Blath Gladiators in Caution. Two of them were at the school. I went to the school and left in 1977. I ne would never have guessed I would be playing fully kitted American football all those years later. It was quite a surreal feeling, especially as I was team captain of the Gladiators and had not been particularly good at the sport apart from rugby while at school. I suppose it shows that once you find a sport or a pastime you enjoy, you can excel at it because you're more committed. He says it was also nice as we won the Caution base games. So, yes, there were uh, two games at uh, Caution School, uh, another game played at Caution Rugby Club uh, a few years later. And then there was a scrimmage, so sort of a practice session, I suppose, um, uh, just on the on the field at the Springfield Centre. Um, which would have been amazing to see just walking through the park and there's there's some American football going on. Um, but Nigel, thank you so much for, for getting in touch with me and providing those memories. It's um, It was really great to hear that. Uh, and if anybody else from the Bath Gladiators is listening who has any memories of the time, anybody who played or was involved in the team, uh, please do let us know because we would love to hear more about it. Yeah, absolutely. Or if any of the majorettes who um, performed in the first game. The Norton Radstock Starlet majorettes. Yeah. Yes, please do. Please do. Yeah, Absolutely. Please. OK, this next message is from friend of the pod, Hannah Kelly Fletcher. Uh, and she says, I'm listening to your books episode and I have a comment on the what's the most 90s public scare story. So, again, much like Kate's message mm -hmm. uh, inspired by that particular what's the most 90s. Uh, and she says, how about when schools banned kids playing British Bulldog in the playground? Yes, of course. Apparently it wasn't a legislative thing. Uh, that's a myth. Uh, but just schools felt it would cause too many injuries, so they banned it. Uh, it was big news when it was banned while I was at primary school. Do you remember this? Well, I do remember this. Um, yes, absolutely, I do. Yes. Yeah, I'd forgotten until Hannah sent that message in, but of course, it was. It did happen when I was at school, and would have done for you as well. I think. Mm -hmm. I think it might still have been in, uh, into sort of my years at secondary school. Uh, it was it was verboten at uh, a Corsham school as well. But I I have a memory of sort of illegal games being played on the on the park uh, because we couldn't play it at school um <laughs> yeah. but I, you know i was never really involved in that sort of thing it was far too far too rough for me i was well i'm just i'm very weak i've got no um you know i'm an orthodox coward i've got no uh, no problem with admitting that um so so it was never my cup of tea really but yeah no british bulldog was definitely um something to be avoided yeah yeah me too i was more of a line tag or a stuck in the mud sort of guy back then mm -hmm. i because I, I think British Bulldog had been banned maybe before I even went to school because I remember having it, it having this aura, just a name. It, it felt like a sort of I just knew that it was supposed to be violent. And when you're in the infants in primary school, that's sort of the last thing you really yeah. want. This is something that's supposed to be violent and scary. So, yeah, I never played it. It was just this mythical. I got um, enough of that sort of thing uh, playing rugby in year seven anyway, having never played rugby before, oh, and God. you know, getting dump tackled by a, a bigger <laughs> kid. First lesson on a Monday in minus three, you know, yeah. you have to, you're not showered for the rest of the day. And yeah, yeah. I, no, I've got to stop now because it's bringing back too much. <laughs> I won't sleep tonight. Let's, let's, let's move on, move on. <laughs> let's save that for our, our school <laughs> memories episode. School uh, nightmares of the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Um, I've got something here from our friend um, Rob from the Premiership Years, who contributed with our What's the Most 90s football transfer uh, a little while ago. And uh, he nominated, of course, Anna Shearer to Newcastle for, for £15 million. Pounds. Um, he says, hi, guys, I listened back to the episode last night. I really enjoyed it and couldn't help but feel it was accidentally tailored to me personally. Here are my reasons. Obviously, the 90s football transfer discussion is right up my street. Big tick for Rob there. He also says, I have an embarrassing knowledge of 90s pop music. I don't want to boast, but I remembered that, that Hanson single immediately and sang out loud as it was read out. My crappy pop bands trivia has been sat dormant for too long, and this new strand of yours could really indulge my terrible taste in music. So maybe Robert, you know, a future guest on a on a random chart episode. I'm sure Joe would be uh, more than happy to uh, to accommodate. Uh, then we move on to um to the good stuff here. So Crinkly Bottom, uh, a big feature of the last couple of episodes. He says Morecambe is the town next to my hometown, and we take our little boy to the aforementioned Happy Mount Park, former site of Crinkly Bottom, all the time. I did indeed visit the Blobbyland as a child, though I don't really remember it. It was a disaster, and everybody around here detests Noel Edmonds as a result. So there's our first libel action of the evening. Yeah. <laughs> we need a special bell or something, don't we? We do, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to ring a bell every time we're going to libel someone. Um, there was another reference to Dawson's Creek in this episode. That programme is my guilty pleasure. I've rewatched it all a couple of times and still think it's amazing, much to my friend's amusement. Please consider me if you finally achieve your dream, well, it's, it's Alex's dream, really, uh, of doing a Dawson's Creek episode. I just want to be Pacey Witter. That's all I want. Uh, then he goes on to say, even the number one single in the chart had a link to myself. Other than football, my next biggest pastime interest in life is Marilyn Monroe. Of course, Candle in the Wind was a reworked version of the song originally about Marilyn, the only song capable of bringing tears to my eyes. Also, the forgotten other song on that single, Something About The Way, is brilliant. I'm an Elson fan, and that song is probably in my top three of his songs. So it was an episode that strangely felt like it catered just for me. I couldn't believe my luck, and frankly, I would have been a perfect guest on that particular episode. Keep up the good work, guys. Well, Rob, we are so happy that you enjoyed it. Uh, really happy to oblige. And um, yeah, so I think, I mean, if you are if you are looking to, to get rid of me for at least one week, um, I reckon uh, yourself, Rob, Catherine, Dawson's Creek Dream Team, Dawson's Creek Special, what do we think? I'd say so, yeah. And actually, all those messages you were getting towards the start of this episode where you were starting to feel a bit suspicious... I can now reveal the next episode will be. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, One I was day. really keen. I was, you know, the fear was rising then. No, not fear. I, it would be lovely. I, I would not mind at all if you did a Dawson's Creek episode. It's just, you know, I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to contribute anything. So, uh, so, so, please do if you want to do it. I'm more than happy. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll think about it. If you're interested in having an episode of It'll Be Alright in the 90s tailored specifically to your needs, do get in touch on the usual channels and we will see what we can do. And we have very competitive rates for that, don't we, Stu? We do. I mean, obviously, this was very fortuitous for Rob. Um, we can do something that's uh, tailored to you specifically. But yes, there will need to be uh, a fee agreed. We can't, you know, we, we can't come up with that without, uh, without suitable recompense. Definitely exactly, not. yeah. Time again for what's the most 90s. Um, I think we've got a particularly meaty one to get our teeth into tonight. Um, Alex, what do you think the most 90s occupation is? I struggled with this one a little bit. Uh, it did seem like something should be obvious, but I did struggle a bit. But in the end, coincidentally, actually, due to our sponsor, uh, or maybe maybe it's that's why I thought of it, but I have gone for travel agents. So okay. I'm thinking going places. 
your Thompsons, your Lund Pollies, package holidays to the Costa Brava, a two-week family stay to Pontins, maybe a school residential to the Dordoing, if you're lucky. Uh, All things that have maybe become a little bit less of a big deal these days. Uh, I think people are happy to just book their own holidays now, just go straight to EasyJet or some other airline or Airbnb, um, those sort of things where everything can just be done online now. And I think travel agency, going into a place to speak to someone who will sort out everything for you, I think that must have died out or at least died down a bit in the last 10, 15 years. So that's kind of why I've chosen it. I think it must have been a much bigger thing then. And as we've said before, the 90s was a time when people were really starting to expand across the continent on cheap holidays and cheap flights and stuff. So I think they probably would have been as busy as ever. That's that's why I've gone for, for travel agents. Yeah, what about you? Mm-hmm. Well, spring 96, I remember my mum and dad going into going places in Chippenham and just getting a, a brochure which had everywhere you could go with going places. Just one big brochure, five or 600 pages. They spent an afternoon going through it. And then the following week, they went back to going places with the brochure and said, this is the one we'd like, please. Uh, and I, I totally agree. And funny enough, it was to uh, Calabona, which is, of course, one of the uh, destinations you can get to with Lumpoli with our with our super offer this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, it's, it's something that is obviously still there on the high street. But uh, as you say, the way that you interface with it has definitely changed uh, due to the um, due to the Internet. And uh, in a way, that's that's the way I've gone with mine as well. Um, so I actually asked the uh, wife of the pod, Beth, to, um, to, to, to give me her opinion on this. And she came up with a few good ones. Uh, Thai rack employee, uh, <laughs> Thai shop employee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when was the last time you saw a shop that just sold ties? Um, <laughs> uh, of course, video shop owner operator. Yeah. Um, person who goes around restocking cigarette vending machines in pubs. Uh, that was another one of her ideas. Um, but I've gone with one of my own, which is a photo developer in the back room of a chemist. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so, so, so on a Saturday morning or when, whenever you went into town, you, you've come back from your uh, two weeks in, in Calabona with Lumpoli. Um, you've got five or six uh, films out of the camera. Uh, you take them into uh, Boots or, or wherever, drop them off. Uh, and then two hours later, your physical prints are ready. Um, obviously, with the technology of the day, you never knew what they would come out like. You couldn't remember what you'd taken a photo of. There, you couldn't, unless you had a very advanced camera, you wouldn't have been able to see the photo immediately. It was just on the on the roll. I don't know if you, if you ever had any photos that came out like this when you took them to be developed, but if they'd been overexposed or you'd taken one with the shutter across by accident, it would have the the developer would have put a little sticker on it saying this didn't come out properly. Yeah, uh, a little yeah. oval sticker, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, just that. You know, that, that whole process of dropping it off, wondering what they're going to be like going back and getting five or six like wallets of 24, 30 prints. Um, again, it's that physical interface with it, where, whereas, of course, now you just take your photos on your phone or if you've got a proper camera, you, you take your photos on that. But you can still see it immediately and you can delete it if it's no good. You can line up, get the perfect shot. Mm. Um, but so that anticipation of having had a great holiday, going and getting the pictures and then and then getting to see them and, and remember that remember the time um, is something that's vanished. And it's an occupation that's vanished as well. I don't think there are many uh, photo 
developing places around anymore. I think there might be a few. Can you still do it at places like Jessup's? I'm not sure. Or do they just sell equipment? Maybe. I think it's mainly just machines now, isn't it? Like snappy snaps. You go in there and it's, mm-hmm. uh, a, yeah, an automatic machine. You just type in what you want and stuff. So indeed, there's nobody actually physically doing the doing the development thing. Yeah. Um. So so that is my my most nineties occupation is uh, yeah domestic photograph developer. Ah, oh, great choice. Yeah. For one of the better. I, I don't know what the official title is, but that's that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, now if you ever did that or know someone who did that job, do let us know what the official title is so we can properly celebrate you. Oh, absolutely. Um, but it was, yeah, I used to love that, like waiting to get uh, you know, your photos developed and seeing what they look like and seeing which ones had actually come out. Being consistently disappointed by the photos you've taken at a gig <laughs> with a disposable camera where it's clearly too dark for anything to actually come out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a, a, a happy memory. Uh, sadly, sadly gone, but good choice. So which one's going in the ledger? Mm, I think it's got to be photo developers. It's, yeah, it's so over time and mm-hmm. and really has disappeared in a way that travel agents haven't. You can't still go to a travel agent, so. Yeah, cool. I think that's it. I think you've got it. It's Point of ledger. order on uh, what's the most 90s, by the way. Great mm-hmm. to have uh, Jack and Roddy on from, from How Many Geese last time out. Yeah. But uh, listening back to the episode, I... Re- realized on the listening back to the episode i noticed that we didn't actually put anything in the ledger we never decided what the most 90s animal actually was we didn't we had about eight maybe yes we we did yeah so so that's something we'll need to we'll need to decide uh, off air and and come back to maybe but we can't leave these things undone otherwise people are going to start losing sleep time now for our main feature which is some 90s adverts from the uk which we are going to be watching together uh, this is the first time we've tried using this particular software watch together. So we're going to both be looking at these adverts together on the same screen and we urge you to do the same. Uh, we will send a link to the YouTube video in the episode description so you can all watch at the same time and see what on earth we're talking about. Uh, although some of these adverts may just be familiar to you from from the sounds you can hear and our descriptions, but uh, it will be more fun if you watch along. So. Of course, yeah. We yeah. recommend that. We've got a good uh, twenty-minute supercut here of some uh, some of the best adverts from across the decade. Um, first time we looked at adverts, it was it was very very good, and uh, looking forward to more of the same. Yeah. So, let's start now. Amusing comedy. <laughs> voice there. So straight away we're in with something which I don't think would be made today. Uh, no. Good old Mel, good old Mel Sykes in a Boddington's uh, animated advert. Now, this was the first one I wanted to uh, speak about, really, and it's for Marbles Bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole thing is based around uh, purchasing things on the internet being scary. Yeah, which obviously now is such a such an alien idea um, as to be completely incomprehensible, really. Um, yeah. And then there's another advert which actually goes along the same lines later for another bank. Uh, yeah so struck me as a bit um yeah yeah i i noticed i i noticed the same things as you it says uh uh in-person transaction uh would now be the thing that people are scared of i think but <laughs> back then it was internet purchase and uh online transaction and stuff um it's yeah like you say it's just amusing that that was seen as so terrifying back in the day <laughs> marbles may be a, a future sponsor of the pod yeah that's true. get in touch with them 
I think what we've got here, Stu, looks worryingly like a Ledette. Yes, uh, I think it might be. Judging by her behaviour. Um, <laughs> I would absolutely kill for a Bacardi Breezer, though. I wish they, uh, they still existed. It was the first ever alcoholic drink that I was allowed to buy and was bought by my parents. So I, I always have a special part place in my heart, the pineapple Bacardi Breezer. Absolutely. Uh, now an advert for the Sixth Sense in cinemas. Special advance previews, indeed. Yeah. Now, this is a Hugo Boss advert, which looks like, it, I mean, it could be shown on TV now. They've never really changed, I don't think, aftershave adverts. I don't think so. I mean, yeah, they, they always seem to be, they always seem to follow a pretty similar formula. Um, yeah, a nonsense formula. It's just like, <laughs> it's just nothing. It's, it's, it's a good looking person, sort of just wandering aimlessly around with maybe some surreal stuff going on. It's very rare that you can actually figure out what they mean. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's good to know that they're still following a, an age-old pattern. Anyway. So this now is is quite bizarre. Um, it's a baby crawling through a load of digital set-top boxes on <laughs> some links. Um, and in the end, the advert is actually for uh, LG TV. Or LG TVs, I should say. Yeah. Um, and this was the first one where I nearly went back to the old trope of let's all laugh at the old technology because the TV <laughs> is massive. But it's I'm slightly surprised that that was in the 90s. I think that must be very late 90s that they had in like integrated digital receivers in TVs. Um, but then I think things just went very quickly after that because that that's not like free view, is it? That's just how you get Sky. Got uh, yeah, Sky yeah, there. I think it's uh, yeah, that, that's the inference. Um, but it must be a 90s advert. As you say, it must be a very late 90s advert. Um, yeah. Because then the, obviously the Freeview technology came along a, a couple of years later. Uh, yeah. But interesting to see, nonetheless. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely pre-flat screen as well, isn't it? It's still the big, <laughs> the big beast that would have to sit about three feet away from your wall. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, very, very deep television, that. Yeah. This was the first one that I really liked. I have mm. to say. Um, so this is for Skips, and it looks like it might be an Aardman creation, or was it's definitely a similar style. Yeah. Um, but what strikes me is they used the power of the skip to change the channel on the TV to show a football match. Yeah. Why didn't they just use the remote? <laughs> I know, it's like... It's, yeah, it's not the greatest superpowers. Well, I, was, I actually thought, are they using the power of the skip to just get rid of something they don't like? I see. Right. Is that what's going on there? In which case, that's a, how many kids went into school the next day to confront the school bully armed only with a packet of skips <laughs> in the hope that they could affect some sort of change? It does not cause... fair thinking about it. It really doesn't. <laughs> no. They visibly melt, apparently. I don't remember um, cheesy skips, do you? I was going to say, the other thing to note here is easy, cheesy flavour skips. Um mm which I would have liked to have tried, probably similar to a quaver, I would imagine, yeah. in, uh, in, in texture and consistency. I reckon um, it was the same powder, didn't they? They mixed the powder from the quaver mm -hmm. with the, the maize snack of the skip. One of maybe, the finest snacks, I think. Maybe we can ask your brother. He's still got a packet of um, Golden Jubilee Coronation Chicken crisps hanging around, hasn't he? Maybe, he does, yeah. Has he got some easy cheesy skips in the in the drawer as well? He might do. He might have some in the, in the vault. He'll have to go down to... <laughs> Lloyds of London to open up his oh, of course, yeah, yeah. And yeah, dig him out, but yeah, maybe. 
Right, next advert. Again, I think this is quite quaint because it's for Royal Mail. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't think Royal Mail advertise anymore, but just to advertise the fact that you can post things. <laughs> yeah. send, send nice things to people you like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's quite a quaint idea. It is, yeah. <laughs> and it's nice that it's like a girl who's, who's writing on special notepaper to her grandparent who's given her a poster of some pop band. Indeed. It's very quaint. I noticed about this Duracell advert, how many batteries do these devices require? Have you noticed it's like <laughs> 20 batteries in some of those devices? No wonder Duracell's trying to get you to buy them. That ghetto blaster, yeah, would would need about 25, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, that would be ruinously expensive. Um, but if, you know, hey, they're, if they're the best on the market, you know, buy cheap, buy twice. You know, <laughs> you buy an own brand battery, you buy that many own brand batteries, you're going to be going back to the shop the next week. Duracell, yeah. you might get two weeks out of it. It's true. But, it's um, true. Battery-powered large stereos, man. I mean... <laughs> Those were the days. They really yeah. were. Right, sorry, what have we got next? Ah. Uh, probably the, the classiest of all the people carriers, I'd say. Indeed. So this is for the Chrysler Voyager. Yeah. Um now Beth and I sometimes play a game when, when we're watching adverts. If it's not immediately clear what the advert is for, we will try and guess what it's for before the product is uh, is revealed. Yeah. And I went through this entire advert, and not once did it strike me that it might be for the car. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was going to be for, uh, you know, a restaurant or uh, some of the clothes or something like that, but not at any point did it strike me that it would be for the car. Um, yeah. So clearly I'm very bad at that game. The other thing it, to it, note there is that yeah. um, some teletext numbers are given on the on the closing, uh, closing caption. Oh, so you can, nice. you can punch yeah. those in for some more information. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not really surprised you felt like that because it, it does just look like that's the taxi driver. I suppose you're supposed to think that, so it doesn't look like it's part of it. And it's just a it's a people carrier. The least mm-hmm. exciting of all the car genres, isn't it? Although that, well, yeah, that was the classiest one of, of its day. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, this... you know, count yourself lucky. It could have been a PT Cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is this is Joanna's. Is her name Joanna Scanlon? I think it is. Uh, it's Joanna Scanlon from the thick of it. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and other various uh, TV programs. Very famous actress now, um, yeah. but there she was in an advert for um, the Egg Online Bank. Mm. She's so. This is is this the other example of someone being afraid of online shopping? It is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And how many of these banks were there? How many of these startup internet internet only banks were there? Yeah. Which were I like, I mean, so was the idea that you could get a credit card specifically for your internet purchases? which would then protect you from, you know, fraudulent use and, and everything else and, and losing money on, on a scam. Um, yeah, is, was that the idea? I, I don't know. I've never really understood adverts for credit cards because I, th- I always just think credit cards you get from uh, your bank, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm quite naive when it comes to financial matters uh, like credit cards. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I probably embarrassed myself by even asking that. But, yeah, I remember a few of them being around at the time. Goldfish was another one, I think. Yeah, indeed, then. yeah. This is why we had to put Jeff in charge of the finances of the pod, isn't it? Because we yeah. just couldn't, you know, it was all a bit much for you, wasn't it, in that initial meeting? Where yeah. We, you know, we got the spreadsheets and the uh, and the ready reckoners out, and yeah, you had to leave yeah. the room, I, I recall. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I kept trying to blow it all on Tangy Toms, but you said to <laughs> put some aside for more important thing like things like guests. But um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
Well, 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 I hope you're not suggesting that we, we have a budget for guests. <laughs> no, no, sorry, yeah. That, <laughs> just to make clear, we, we have no budget for guests. That's right. Um, they come on out of the goodness of their hearts. Yeah. And we, and we thank them for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Some of them don't right. even do that, but there you go. No, that's true. Yeah. Uh, the less said about this next one, the better, I think. Well, I did want to say one thing about it is, is the person on the right taking it seriously? Because whole advert looks like it's kind of serious, but there's one per- the one woman on the right of one to one girl looks like she's taking the mick. I do urge people <laughs> to watch this one just so they can try and decide that for themselves. But uh, it's the one to one cool girls in like thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what the, the product is, as it were, but yeah, just check out the woman on the right and see if you think she's taking it seriously or not. Don't try and phone the number though. Uh, we, we can't we can't be held responsible for anything that might or might not happen no if no, you phone no. the number we're not encouraging that now this is an advert that it was hard to judge the tone of it seems really really serious and earnest up until a point and then it becomes there's a bit of a gag at the end which i actually mm-hmm. think is quite clever i think it's quite a clever advert this is one for volvo for anyone who's not watching the space age volvo s80 yeah, these astronauts think they've been in space for for like twenty years because the Volvo doesn't look like they think a Volvo looks. Um, <laughs> it's quite a clever advert. It still looks exactly like a Volvo. It has to be <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I don't know what that product was. I don't remember that at all. That skin cleaning cleansing yeah. thing. Um, but we're on there to uh, an advert for Selnet, actually previous sponsors of the pod. Um, and this this was the offer they were. Uh, uh, you know, they were providing at the time, mm. which is you can dial a certain amount of numbers, you can nominate a certain amount of numbers um, to call for free uh, until the millennium. Yeah. Uh, great offer. Absolutely. Call two numbers free until the millennium. There we go. Yeah. I wonder what year this came out. Um, bit of nudity here. Can you do that now? It seems slightly surprising when I watch this. I thought, do yes. you do that now? Indeed. Indeed. Um, and the Chris Evans voiceover as well. Oh, that's who it is. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, forgotten that he'd ever done any uh, advertising voiceovers. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I, I thought I'd stop this here because yeah. there's quite a lot to say about this. Yeah, that was for Huggies, by the way. The nudity. It was. Uh, it was uh, a baby that was mm-hmm. uh, was being nude, not not an adult. But still, yeah, I don't know if he would do that anymore. We don't. There used to be loads of adverts for Huggies and Pampers on TV all the time, but mm-hmm. maybe it's just the time of day that you're watching TV that that varies. Or maybe kids these days just don't wear nappies. I don't know. No idea. You're asking the wrong guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Play on. My notes? Hang on. Play on indeed. Um, so this is for Weetabix. There were quite a few of these adverts at the time, um, which took sort of disco classics and made them into uh, Weetabix adverts. Yeah. I remember there being one uh, featuring a driving instructor, um, which was to the tune of I Will Survive. Um, but this one is uh, to the tune of Tragedy, and it involves a football referee, with a cameo appearance from, did you recognise who it was? Of course I did, Jerry Francis. Exactly. Former Spurs, and probably at that point, current QPR manager. Yes. I think he'd gone back to QPR by then. Um, I don't know how he came to be in the advert for Weetabix, presumably... Uh, who makes Weetabix? Nestle? I don't know. They have some sort of tie-in with... Uh, are they not their own company? Oh, they I might think, be. I don't I think know. They might be. Yeah. Um, one of the finest hairdos of 90s football, though, Jerry Francis, <laughs> I think. Really still, hard to describe. Still very much going today as well. If you ever see him, it's he's still rocking it. So uh, fair play <laughs> to you, Jerry. Yeah. 
keep it going for as long as you can. More power to you. <laughs> yeah. Right. A, f- a famous world body form advert here. Schwartz <laughs> <laughs> got bad, but it's always had that same sort of voiceover. It's kind of a bit too full of themselves, I think, Schwarzkopf. Mm-hmm. Slow motion, everyone's like very upper middle class to upper class. Yeah. And kind of, yeah, that's not salt of the earth. It's the opposite of salt of the earth, Schwarzkopf. I can never really get past the fact that Schwarzkopf literally translates as blackhead, which yeah. obviously is not something you would, uh, you know, being a, a, a sufferer. Uh, myself in my teenage years um, it's not something that you would uh, really associate with that sort of product no, but, but there true. we go, never mind yeah yeah. Uh, a non-puppet Dormio advert oh, it was, nice it's better see. now with the puppets isn't it, it's, it's a, a rare example of an advert campaign that's better now now, now this, this is, is a very famous person is it not Stu doing this advert this is Dudley Moore Dudley Moore, indeed and this advert is about two and a half minutes long as well, <laughs> which is another film. thing outside of the John Lewis adverts. It, I mean, it is a short film. You're quite yeah. right, it is. A short, problematic film. <laughs> <laughs> Incorporating yeah, problematic tropes about Native Americans. This mm-hmm. is, it looks like it's filmed in America. It's got Dudley Moore in it, quite a big cast. And it's for Tesco's frozen pizza. Yeah, it's a very laboured sort of concept as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, the, the entire thing. But okay. uh, yeah, it's not even like a big pizza brand. It's not Chicago Town or um, Domino's or anything. It's specifically Tesco's own brand frozen pizza. <laughs> it's mad. They must have been they... very confident in it. Yeah, doesn't even they haven't even made it look nice. And his uh, yeah, an unfunny yeah. gag about Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, there we go, mushroom and bacon. Authentic um, American base, apparently. Mm-hmm. Now, a nice uh, Beryl Cook uh, animated advert here. Uh, well, inspired by Beryl Cook, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the voice of Les Dawson. Ah, is it? Yeah. It is. And okay. this was another series of ads, again, for the post office. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, very, very big on advertising at the time, post office, Royal Mail. Again, not something that you would maybe... Uh, maybe see these days, so it's good to see. But this was part of a, a long-running and popular ad campaign. Yeah. Is that a, an early 90s uh, Mitre Showers Aston Villa shirt she's waving at <laughs> there? Mitre the copiers, mate. Oh, copiers, sorry, yeah. You're getting mixed up with Myra Showers. I am, that's exactly what I'm getting mixed <laughs> up. Um, it, it very much could be. Yeah, you're quite right. You're quite. I didn't notice that first time around, but it could be. I like to think it is. Oh, I love that old post office uh, logo. Well, maybe it's, it is the old one, isn't it? Yeah, it makes me think of Post and Pat. Uh, dear Pat. Now, here's another big Hollywood star. Another very famous face advertising Holston pills this time. It's a fine lager, Stu. You know I like it. Hey, I'm a skull man. All right. <laughs> uh, it's drinking out of one of the weirdest shaped beer glasses I've ever seen. It's like hmm. a lot. It's almost like a champagne flute. Um, but it does make me want the Holston pills. Undoubtedly. Buffy from Giles here. Giles from Buffy. It's Giles from Buffy. Yeah, you said Buffy from Giles. <laughs> Giles from Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy Just from wrapped, the spin-off programme. I, I hadn't noticed this. Um, so this, again, is another long-running uh, campaign, the Gold Blend uh, mm. 
campaign, which was very, very popular, in the similar sort of stratosphere as Papa and Nicole, I think, from the um, uh, Renault Clio. Uh, Renault Clio, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I didn't realise that was uh, Anthony Head. Not, not a clue. Yeah, <laughs> playing a love rat. <laughs> as per. Um... Now, my big question with this, is that uh, Jamie Thigston? No, I don't think it is. No. <laughs> is when did Oil of Ule change to Ole? That's it's my a big question. question yeah, it's one of those brands, isn't it, that changed to fit uh, the global market. Mm-hmm. I reckon it would have been early 2000s, would be my guess. Uh, maybe around the same time that Cocoa Pops became Choco Krispies. Or maybe that oh, was right, earlier. Okay. The slightly less successful name change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I don't remember this DIY shop at all. Um, do it all. So it shop or online or what? It yeah, it, it was a shop. Uh, Vanished valid there until February 1992. Oh. Um, so do it all became Focus Do It All, and then ah. became Focus, which, which then of course Great Mills. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it became a national DIY conglomerate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, do it all. Um, very, very large DIY chain uh, in the early 90s, absolutely. Mm, lovely. Well, I think we're in Italy here. We are. It's another quite long advert, this, isn't it? Yeah. Really trying to set the scene up. They're trying to take you there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like that voice. That voice slightly makes my hackles rise. That sort of <laughs> half-whispered... Um, narration there i know what you mean i know what you mean it's just a bit too sickly sweet <laughs> kind of um you only put one olive on a pizza i know it's stupid isn't it yeah i tell you what, if i went on a date with someone uh, and they brought out a frozen san marco pizza that'd be the end of it i think <laughs> That's not so good, is it? What, you're, what you're saying is on balance is you would prefer a, um, a tesco bacon and mushroom uh with a uh, authentic American base as advertised by Dudley Moore. Given the choice out of those two, yeah, I probably would. One no, thing just... I noticed at the end of the advert there, uh, San Marco manufactured by McVitie's. Oh, right. Uh, well, so... <laughs> that famous Italian brand, McVitie's. <laughs> so I hope they're not using uh, sort of old, you know, digested biscuits for the base. <laughs> that would be um, that would be quite the, the taste of fusion. <laughs> it did look like it when they got out of the oven. It was so rigid. It did look like a giant <laughs> digestive base um, so we won't be accepting anything from san marco in future on the pod okay no. well done That's for fine. reading the small print though <laughs> um right so having mentioned uh, papa and nicole earlier on we now do have an advert for Renault. Mm-hmm. i recognize this actor yes yeah, so bothering me for about a week since i first <laughs> watched this video and i can't place him he does other adverts doesn't he but i think he's also done stuff outside of adverts hold on I've just realised who it is. Who is it? I know, I know who this is. <laughs> who is it's it? It's the dad off of my parents are aliens. Oh, wow. Okay. Well remembered. Who is in other things and is still an actor now, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I think his name's Tony something or other, but that's definitely him. That, that nice. I've just realised who it is. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so this is for the Megane, uh, which had just come out at the time. The model above the Clio would have sat between the Clio and the, the Laguna, I suppose, at this mm-hmm. point, unless the Laguna hadn't come out yet. I think it had. Um, the, the Megane Coupe is an absolutely beautiful car. Um, Lovely. 
Uh, uh, I've got one note for this, which is psychedelic Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, yeah, you kind of don't know what it's for, do you? Until well, when it says isotonic, I suppose you can guess. Mm. But it is, of course, for Lucas Age. The the bottles you would see at the side of every Premier League and Championship pitch back in the day, or Division One as it was. Indeed, pitch. gets to your first fast. Yeah. Now another big Hollywood star here. That is Kyle McLaughlin from uh, Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet and all those other uh, David Lynch films. Uh, doing, I did not know that. I think they're sort of doing an impression of Mulder and Scully here, really. I think it is, yes. Yes. And then there's a humorous uh, London Londoner character here for some comic yeah. relief. Um, unknown actor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was in uh, Twin Peaks anyway. No, no, I don't think so. Um, but advertising the fact that Vodafone gets signal in 37 different countries. That, that seems quite impressive, actually, for back then. I, I have no idea how it compared to other providers, but and I'm quite impressed, even watching in 2023. Mm. A very old logo there for Vodafone. Yeah. It was on the... Uh, that used to be on the front of the Nissan touring cars when uh, when the Nissan mm. Works team was sponsored by Vodafone. Yes, that logo was on the, on the car. Yeah. Um, Dave, now, David Leslie days. Indeed, Anthony Reid. Um, this bath chair looks great to me. It does look <laughs> good. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, I'd like a bath, first of all. We'd have, we'd have to sort that out first. Um, <laughs> but then if, if the guys at AquaSooth want to get in touch, um, then, yeah, I'd be quite happy to uh, quite happy to accept one on a sailor return basis. <laughs> they always get models that are kind of too young for that sort of product, aren't they? That, that woman looked like she was about 52. But not that you can't have sort of mobility issues when you're younger, but still. I think they're slightly scared of using genuinely elderly models for those sort of adverts. They shouldn't be. Now, it's good old Bob Hoskins. Uh, yeah, now, there were there are a few of these, weren't there? These uh, BT adverts with Bob back in the day. Indeed. Indeed, we've seen a few of these, which are which are one in a series. We've seen a few of these in this um in this little collection. Yeah. Um, well, did did you also notice? I forgot to say about the uh, the bath seat that they offer a full color brochure if you if you rang them. So. Oh right, I didn't notice that. Not okay. black and white. It was full color. So if you're interested, I'll, I'll definitely give them a ring. Um, Bob Hoskins, of course, most famous for his tour de force performances, uh, Mario in the Super Mario <laughs> Brothers movie. Yeah, it was Oscar nominated for that, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah, I believe so, yeah. and rightly so. Yeah. Now, Stu, have you ever eaten a Solero with a spoon? Oh, this is the same note I've got. This is absolutely the same note I've got. Who does that? <laughs> it's so annoying, isn't it? <laughs> That's what the stick is there for. I just, I just no, I, I don't get that. He's but... defeating the whole point of an ice lolly, mate. We can't get bogged down in that. That's just that's just going to have to be left and accepted. All right. Yeah. We just know that nobody in their right mind would do that. Yeah, it wasn't even his because that woman was eating it. And there was a big gap out of the side <laughs> where he'd, he'd gashed it with his spoon. Out of order. Uh, but, big F, big F one fan, Alex. What did you yeah, make of this? This seems to be an advert aimed at specifically Formula One teams, of which there were eleven <laughs> in the world. So surprising that they put this on national TV. Um, but there you go. It worked because every team in 1996 had good years, so the advert obviously worked. As it said there, yeah. Um, this is another advert where you don't know what it's for. Um, I've tried to identify that goalkeeper, that goalkeeper top, but I couldn't do it. Um, yeah, I think it looks it's... a bit like um, 
the Italian keeper from World Cup 94, Paluca. That would be my oh, guess. Okay, righto. But unlikely. But. We'll have to slow it down again and see, see what we can make out. Um, but yeah, right until the end, it's, there's no no clue what this is for. Um, uh, and then I wouldn't have guessed Booper, but there you go. That's the way. That's the way these these things go. Yeah, it's just about selling a vibe, isn't it? A feeling, <laughs> emotion. The vibe that the sort of good vibe that only private healthcare can give you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, just giving off good vibes if you know that yeah. you're sorted for uh, sorted for healthcare. Oh, now hold on one second. Hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> this is an advert <laughs> for one of the greatest uh, spy movies of the '90s, Spy Hard, uh, with Leslie Nielsen. I've never which... seen it, but the trailer really makes me want to see it. It, is... it won't it won't take you long to watch it because it is about 75 minutes <laughs> really? no, it's just like tv special length um and yeah. believe me by the end of that uh 75 minutes it's got nowhere else to go they've wrung every single drop out of it that they could. <laughs> um but it was great to see it pop up here um a, a beloved film of my um of my childhood um and yeah heartily recommend it to anyone just yeah. you know disengage your brain first uh, young Jack D here, drinking a, a very old-fashioned beer, John Smith's. I don't think that Jack D is a, a John Smith's kind of guy. No, you he's know? not, is I'm, he? I'm, I definitely see him as more of a red wine uh, Yeah. Man, you know. They're trying to push like a, a new audience towards John Smith's, I think, aren't they? Mm-hmm. don't know if it works, because they obviously then went on to P2K. Um, I don't yeah. think that works, it pretty much died a death after that or you can i'm sure you can still get it in some places but. uh better times for pno here <laughs> yeah this is before <laughs> they started sacking staff and bringing in bailiffs with clubs to get them off the ships and then <laughs> basically yeah. being uh, corporate crooks but uh, before they became the world's worst employers yeah Oh, was that the Jeff's liable bell I hear dinging? I think it there? might have been. Yeah, 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 it might have been. That's another one we're going to have to face down in court. Yeah. Well, bring it on, PNO. I'm not scared of you. Actually, yeah, I am scared of you. The way they treat the staff. <laughs> the first name in cruising. Yeah. <laughs> another whimsical animated advert for a dairy product here, which did seem to be really the case at the time. Hmm. Uh, yeah, chocolate, true. cheese... Uh, butter. They were all animated, weren't they? Yeah, that's true. What's that all about? It's like a a dairy trope. Obviously, Golden the winning formula. Yeah, I don't remember Golden Crown. No, me neither. I guessed what this was for immediately, and I was wrong. <laughs> what did you think it was for? Well, I thought it was going to be for Witch magazine. Um, oh yeah, and, and you can see why. I mean, with yeah, the with big, mark, uh, big yeah. question mark there. Um, but of course, it turns out to be for what's on TV. And I had to uh, pause the frame here on the uh, cover of the magazine just to see what was going on. Uh, fireworks in Emmerdale. Uh, the the chap there is a character called Chris Tate. I remember that much from uh, from my early nineties uh, soap opera Osmosis from being mm-hmm. around my uh, being around my mum. Uh, what's on TV? Magazine of the Year, uh, whenever right. this was. So yeah, it can't how be can argued. Be, I mean, how can that be magazine? How bad were the magazines where a TV <laughs> listings magazine was the best magazine that year? How bad does that reflect on Q? 
Well, it just says here voted magazine of the year, but it doesn't say in what context. Was it the National TV Awards magazine of the year? Uh, yeah. Because they're hardly going to vote Maxim as their magazine <laughs> of the year, are they? Um, yeah. So, yeah, possibly possibly that's what's going on here. Uh, 125 grand to be won as well up for grabs there in the uh, in the bottom yeah. left-hand corner. Too shabby. The flames Indeed. of passion are burning in the dales. <laughs> um, uh, my mum and dad still uh, avid what's on TV uh, readers. I can imagine your dad just propped up in bed, like with his reading glasses on, flicking through that um, overnight. <laughs> Absolutely, sketching out the uh, the week the week ahead's viewing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It always it always sort of confused me when the previous weeks or the next the next weeks what's on TV I should say would always be out at the end of the previous weeks so on a Thursday, um, and then if my mum and her sister, my auntie Pam and my grand were all together. Um, which they quite often were on a Thursday night, um, they would have the new TV magazine and my mum would just go through and they'd have like what happens in all the soap operas for the week ahead, mm. like exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. like, just watch it. <laughs> like what? Would you do that with a film? Yeah. Like, right, we're we're going to go and watch this film on Saturday. So let's ha- let's read the plot <laughs> and uh, find out exactly what happens before we go. I've never <laughs> understood it. No, and I I questioned this at the time, but because I was seven years old, I was told to pipe down, you know. Um, but it always struck me as a bit odd that they would do that and just, you know, take all the take all the magic out of it. Yeah, I don't get that. it. The headline, no. the the front page gives it away as well, often. Well, yeah, I mean, so, you've got some you've got something to work with there, but uh, it doesn't tell you the whole story. That's true. You know, but why why go inside uh, in the magazine and do that? I don't know. Anyway, that's another um, another decades old grievance that I've just said. <laughs> ah, my favourite car advert of the lot. Uh, it has to be said. Um, obviously, I have a big affinity for Vauxhall. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of well-known faces in this advert as well. Uh, so the older chap standing up there is Nigel Hawthorne of Yes Minister yeah. and uh, other programmes. And then uh, the lady in the advert is an actress called Mel Martin, who was in Minder, uh, Only Fools and Horses, uh, in in guest roles as well. Um, so, and the the other guy, I re- that guy getting out of the car, I recognise, but I can't think from what. He's he's a fairly mm. big actor, I think. Um, Lovely Astra Mark III there as well. Uh, mm. Possibly possibly the nicest model, I think. Yeah. It was yeah, well designed. Still, still see a lot of them around as well, so they must have been well made. Hmm. Um, so this is the final advert in this collection. It's for Direct Line Insurance, and the note I have here is that it's supposed to be the older chap's fiftieth birthday. Is <laughs> how oh, I missed that. <laughs> oh dear. He looks at least seventy. God, is that what we're going to look like when we're fifty? <laughs> I hope so. I'd love a tweed jacket and uh, and some half moon specs. <laughs> ah, oh, I would well. love that. And the famous uh, red telephone there as well. Yeah, uh, on for... wheels. Yeah, that's disappeared. I don't know if direct line still exists, but that that phone on wheels definitely doesn't anymore. Uh, the direct line do, but they're not on price comparison websites. Uh, of course. What are they afraid of? <laughs> it could be argued that we've just given direct line some some free advertising there. Um, Oh, they need it. But we've given lots of people free advertising, haven't we, tonight? It's just the nature of the programme. Yeah. Nature of of the exercise tonight. Yeah, a lovely set of adverts there. Um, I enjoyed going through those. Um, 
I hope you did too as well listening in at home and I hope we've provided some uh, decent commentary over those. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, it wasn't a bad selection at all. There was definitely an indication that some of those things were towards the end of the decade where things were starting to change. You know, mobile phones were starting to become more readily available. Technology was changing with the televisions. So yeah, it was a nice nice time capsule in that way. You got, got to see what cars were being released around that time which actors were on their uppers and uh, having to take work <laughs> in adverts instead of the films. But, uh, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think we'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Well, that was our blast through some of the adverts of the 90s. We hope you enjoyed the the ride and uh, you watched along with us. If you've got anything to say about any of those adverts or any other adverts from the decade or anything else at all, uh, we would love to hear from you as usual. You can contact us using the links on our link tree, which you can find at linktr.ee forward slash all right 90s podcast. That's 90s 90s. Uh, but we will link to it in the episode description as we always do. And we would love to hear from you. We don't know what we're doing next time because we never do, but it'll be entertaining, it'll be nostalgic. Um, and well, we'll try our best, probably litigious. We? Yeah, we'll, we'll. <laughs> guaranteed we'll, litigious, guaranteed. Yeah. But until then, it's a goodbye from me, uh, and it's goodbye from me. I'm just off to make some toast with some lovely golden crown butter. See you next time. Bye for now. Bye.